Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Founder of Sophos Associates, Natalia Ramsden is a business psychologist and management consultant. Natalia started her career in clinical services and moved into people and talent consulting, specializing in leadership assessment, development, and succession at board level. This has led to Natalia working with FTSE 250 companies in the UK and global clients across the EMEA and Asia Pacific. Sophos Associates is London's first brain optimization clinic, and their approach is to bring together leading health and neurocognitive specialists to provide an holistic, integrated approach for clients, leading to a unique, customized brain optimization program. As someone very much interested in psychology, indeed, I took a degree, I am really, now Natalia didn't know that, I don't think, I am really, really looking forward to speaking to this fascinating young lady, and I can call her young because I'm a lot older than she is. Uh, so, Natalia Ramsden, firstly, thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be a really deep dive insight into stuff that I think a lot of people have some appreciation of, but have never really fully understood it. So I'm hoping you're going to enlighten us with your with your wisdom today. So thank you for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm delighted, and I will uh, I will certainly do my best to to enlighten. But uh, let let's manage expectations. And I and I want to start by thanking you. I, I don't think I've ever started this way before, but I'm going to start by thanking you for altering your introduction because it was such a tongue twister. Uh, London's first premium personal cognitive optimization clinic. I could never have done that live, so um, we changed it to brain just to help me out. So thank you for being so understanding of my uh, of my shortfalls when it comes to introductions to Sandro Forte podcast guests. So let's start in the obvious place, Natalia. Um, the idea of Sophos Associates, I mean, a background in, in psychology, great interest in all the things that you do, but where did it start? Your background, how how all the paths led to Sophos Associates? Sure. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess a, a couple of things sort of happened and, and kind of came together at the same time. Um, you know, firstly, and as you said, I, I sort of started my career in clinical services and then spent the, the majority of that, and I won't tell you quite how long, in consulting. Um, and the work that we did with boards uh, was very much focused on competency and behavior when it came to development. So we would we would look at intelligence. We knew it was important. We would factor it into our judgments um, we knew that intelligence and motivation were were two of the biggest determinants of success, but we just we just left that intelligence piece aside. And you know, I think the truth is, at that point, and this is sort of many years ago, we weren't quite sure as a as a psychological community what to do with it. So all of our development focus uh, was very much around, as I said, sort of competency and and behaviour and skill acquisition. Wow, I, I detect a slight Australian accent in there somewhere. Is there something you need to tell me about your, your origins? You do, you do. I'm, a, I'm sort of somewhat culturally confused some days. So I, 
I'm, uh, I'm born to, to Greek parents, but born and raised in Australia and have been in the UK, I think, for coming up 12 or 13 years now. All right. Yeah, so culturally it's... confused. So you and I are on the same page with that one. Don't, don't worry about that. So, um, I, gosh, there's so many different paths down which we can go here, Natalia, uh, because, you know, I come across in my daily life, lots of people who've achieved extraordinary things, and yet they're kind of built the same way as everyone else physiologically. Um, but there's something about them, you know, whether it's a, a mindset and we'll, we'll kind of explore that one. You've already mentioned the word behavior. Uh, and and I, I, I know, or I feel you'll correct me if I'm wrong, that behaviors are learned, right? Is, is, is that a correct assumption? Do we learn things? Do we, do, does, do our brains developed? Are they shaped by what goes on around us or are, as you said earlier, are we just born that way and there's very little we can do about it? So, I mean, the honest truth is, is it's both. And then I know that that is a, a slightly sort of bland answer, but the, d- the debate has been put to bed. I mean, we we know that it's both. You have a huge uh, nature component, you know, your your genetic code, your predispositions, particularly when we look at intelligence, um, is is set in genetic code. And that, that accounts for slightly more than, than the environmental part. But the the nurture aspect, so the behaviors, what you're exposed to, what's happening in the world around you, and even before you're born, you know, in vitro, what, what the mother is doing and, and all of that, that really impacts, I guess, how that genetic code is manifested. You know, if you think about genetics providing, I guess, the sort of limits, the, the nurture aspect sort of determines where within those limits someone will, will land. Um, so it's, it's, it's both. It's both. So what are your objectives then for for your business, for Sophos Associates? What what did it set out to achieve? Because you've got all this, you've got this study, this stuff that you know, you say it's been put to bed. How do you use all this information to work with FTSE 250 companies and, and other companies across the globe? What what are your key objectives? So for us, I mean, as I said, there was there was a kind of frustration pinpoint that that kind of kicked it all off. You know, I think working with individuals to actually say to them, actually, there's a huge amount more that you can do. You know, yes, competency is important. Behavior is important. And there are people who, who do that very well in the market that, that support that development um, incredibly well. But actually, if your brain as an organ isn't working as it should or isn't, you know, we say optimized, um, I mean, frankly, you can, you can try and learn as much as you can. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's the fundamental piece that sits underneath. So for me, I, I, I really wanted to address that. I wanted to work with individuals, um, you know, and we've done it in a very tailored way, but work with individuals so that they could essentially change their brain so that they could influence positive change. And that for me is a, is a hugely empowering thing. Um, you know, to be able to say, but actually, you know, there's something that you can do if you feel that, um, you know, you're not getting things quite fast enough, or you want a little more kind of mental stamina, or you'd like to be a bit more creative. Actually, there's a, a huge amount available to you to to be able to do some of those things. And and in an executive setting, our brains are you know our, our biggest asset. They're they're what everything else relies on. So that's that was our objective to be able to to work with individuals to achieve that. Do you find that challenging in itself? Because I guess you know even even some of the most experienced leaders in business probably haven't spent a lot of time thinking about the importance of brain function uh, and looking at the opposite way, cognitive impairment. Um, 
How do you convince leaders of industry that improving their brain, to use those three words that you used a second ago, how, how do you transition from the this general belief that, you know, um, success comes from putting in the hours, uh, leadership, but all, you know, that whole big long list, shopping list of things that we've heard a million times before. What's really mm. fascinating about this is I don't think anyone's taken time out to really think about brain function. So number one, how do you overcome that, uh, I, I don't know, roadblock, I guess, uh, interference between people's current understanding of what doesn't, what is and isn't important. And also, um, what do you actually do with them to improve brain functionality, to increase success, help them achieve objectives and the other things that they are looking to do for themselves? Sure. I mean, the and I'll answer them in, in that order. Um, you know, your first question about how we overcome that, I mean, the truth is, is it's difficult. We are um, a new approach uh, a new industry, a very new way of, of looking at development, a very new way of looking at health. So in all honesty, there are times where that is incredibly difficult because we're not only trying to deliver a service, we're also trying to educate a population about something that actually, that exists. So, so you know, from, from a business point of view, having the first mover advantage sounds great, um, but it's incredibly difficult. You know, whoever sets up after me will, will have a wonderful time mm-hmm. kind of with, with, with part of the way paved. Um, but it's, it's getting easier. You, you know, the population that we work with are, they're bright people. They're interested. They care about uh, their health, their performance, their well-being. And I think, you know, as a as a society as a whole, that is becoming more and more discussed. You know, we're in the middle of a, of a health pandemic, um, so there's a razor sharp focus on on your health, how important it is, what it means, how much relies on it. And I guess the next step that we're helping join people is not just about keeping healthy. Or, or taking care of yourself after that has happened, um, mm-hmm. and not even just prevention. The piece, the next piece is is an enhancement effect. So, you know, the world is sort of helping us along with that as it develops, and people are discerning and, and learn more and more. Um, but but it has been, in, in all honesty, incredibly difficult to to talk to people about the sorts of things that are available now. Mm. And then, in relation to what you do with them on that on that journey. So this is this is a lot easier to answer. I mean, it's um, you know there there are a number of interventions at, at our disposal. Um, we run a very tailored service. So uh, when we work with an individual, we take a, a very in depth set of tests, um, which really allows us to understand what's happening uh, in their brain. So anything and everything that would impact their cognitive performance, we look at. And then we we have a conversation about, I guess, their needs, but also their desires, uh, and then develop a, a very bespoke program around that. And, and there's a clinical team that inputs into that. And, you know, it can include everything from on the very simple end of the scale, you know, on one end of the scale, very simple interventions like ensuring that they eat well and that they exercise and that they have good quality sleep. And some people need a lot of support with that and some people don't need any. Um, and then on the other end of the scale, you know, we, we, we use some, some hugely, uh, I guess, effective, but also innovative applications like 
brainwave training devices that that have been uh, you know used in clinic for years and years and years, um, various sort of laser therapies, um, cryo chambers. So there's there's a huge amount that we're pulling in, and it's very much our role as a clinical team to be at the forefront to to be up to date with everything as it comes out, you know, what the latest nootropic is, what the latest therapy is, um, what sort of coaching works and be able to offer that to our clients, but also talk to them in a very knowledgeable way about what works, what doesn't work, why it works, you know, what's a fashion statement and a fad that will pass and, you know, what, what is actually empirical back. So it's, mm. it's a broad spectrum um, of, of interventions that we use. And I guess at the moment, Natalia, one very topical issue is mental health. You've already mentioned physical health, and there's clearly a direct correlation between the two. I think most people would understand that and appreciate it. But I don't think it really was until lockdown that people realised that as as creatures, we need social interaction. And the amount of mental health challenges that people find themselves having, I, I guess, is a, is a nice lead in to possibly a conversation with you about ways that they can improve cognitive function. But as you've already mentioned, sleep, physical exercise, uh, sleep is something I hold my hand up and say I don't get nearly enough of. Um, but if you can give me any any pointers to doing more of that, that would be great. Um, but, you know, eating well, exercising, direct link to, to mental well-being as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, we we aren't a mental health service provider or work with people who who are experienced I would say clinical grade um, challenges and we're very clear about that we're very clear about you know where our expertise lies um, it's it's narrow I realize that but I, I feel a very strong ethical obligation to stay within the parameters that I'm knowledgeable about and we're, and we're very sort of clear about referring on to, to, to specialists as we need to um, but what we do see a lot of, and, and not just now with, with everything that's going on, just generally, um, you know, we, we see a lot of stressed executives. Um, and, you know, it's not surprising. We see a lot of um, overly sort of stimulated, stressed, anxious uh, individuals who are balancing numerous priorities and live very complex lives. Um, and so that, that we do see, and that has been... Uh, by by the recent working conditions. You know, and, uh, there was an article that came out in, in Forbes a few weeks ago, a, a very talented journalist uh, wrote a piece that, that we contributed to, you know, in talking about the effects of what it means to work from home. So not only the kind of environment and, and the learning that we're stripped of because we're now removed from offices and interaction, but, you know, people are taking conference calls from their bedrooms. They're, they're sleeping, they're eating, they're raising their children. You know, they're doing all of it in, in, in this one area in, in what is not only a, not a very natural way of working, um, but it has a lot of effects on not just their productivity, but, but how their brain operates, how they rest. I mean, you know, all those sorts of things start to feed mm -hmm. in. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's a huge um, potential, I suppose, detriment for, for people's mental health. I, I, I'm sorry if this sounds a, a rather naive, uneducated question, um, but how easy or difficult, depending on whether you see the glass is half empty or half full, I phrase the question in that way, how easy or difficult is it to enhance cognitive function? You know, is, is there a, you know, you've, you've mentioned, if I walked in, walked in to you now and said, okay, right, you know, um, I, I would really like to improve cognitive 
function. Do you say, well, sorry, a bit too late for you, Sandro. Um, or do you say, actually, yes, you, there are things you can always do as you develop physiologically and mentally. Uh, you know, you've already alluded to the fact that there is, um, is a bespoke assessment carried out and there's a series of things that can be done. Is it, is it easy or difficult to, to change the, the, the mental direction of things? Let's, let me phrase it like that. I feel sort of torn commercially here. If I say it's really easy, I'll never have a client again. And uh, <laughs> and look, I mean, you know, it's it's this wonderful thing that never ends. So just like your fitness, you know, I you say to your personal trainer on on the first day that you start working with them, you know, when will I be fit? How how long will it take? How easy it is? And the truth is, you know, no matter how fit you are, you can always be a bit fitter. You know, you'll always run an extra kilometer, you know, whatever your, your measure is, and and it and it's very similar with cognitive performance. Um, you know, we look at a very specific part of intelligence. So, you know, you've got three types of intelligence. You've got the sort of the stuff that you learn, crystallized intelligence. You know, the the stuff that you would have learned at school, the facts and and all of that. Emotional intelligence, which you know gets a lot of attention and, and people talk about. Um, and that's how you relate to people emotionally and 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 your own emotions. Um, and then fluid intelligence, which is what we focus on. And this is this is the raw processing bit, how fast your brain works. Um, you know, of course, accuracy, but the sort of the cogs of the cogs of the machine, if you will. Yeah. And so there are absolutely things that you can do at home. There's stuff that you'll find on Google, if, you know, of course. And and I'm, you know, I, I do a number of talks and I talk very openly about that. And I'm happy to to give that information, you know, that, that for me is just something we should be talking about. You know, the quality of your sleep, as I said, is, it makes a huge difference. Um, you know, how hydrated you are, something like, I think it's sort of drinking eight glasses of water can improve productivity by up to 30%. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's something that you can do at home easily for free. Um, so absolutely, you know, that those things are available to people, exercise, um, stress management techniques, that that stuff is there and the knowledge is there. There are things then that are more difficult because they are, they belong in a clinic with a clinician. Mm. Um, you know, so I talked about kind of brainwave training. You know, we often use neurofeedback with clients that belongs with an expert who has essentially spent training on, on, on that sort of particular technology. Um, and then it's a, it's around how bespoke people want that to be. You know, do they want to be taking an off-the-shelf nootropic or do they want an expert that can tell them exactly what they're taking and why and in what dosage and, and for them specifically for their lifestyle because, you know, they travel to the States once a week and they're always jet lag or this is, you know, those sorts of kind of nuances. Mm. Um, so the answer is some of it is is absolutely easy and is, is about building habits into your daily life. And, and some of it is a bit more difficult. And unfortunately, that's, uh, you know, as we get older, we're realizing that's that's kind of the way with everything. I love the honesty of your answer. Um, you, you attempted to go down the commercial route, but um, you stuck to the middle of the road. I, that was very, very well done. Um I'm going to ask you a bit of a left field question now, because this is more about business in general. Earlier, you said 
the the three words which I've heard a couple of times before, but not on this podcast actually from a guest. So I want to explore it if I can. First mover advantage is a word that you know words that we've heard before. So you you go to a marketplace with a with a new idea. It challenges the status quo. Um, it's a it's a bit of a USP. Uh, why do something different? Because many people would be forgiven for just waiting for, you know, saturation in a market. And I'm asking this question because as human beings, isn't it the case that we love to live in our comfortable little bubble? We wait to see what other people do, metaphorically dip their toe in the water. And if they see people diving in, they realize it's, you know, um, it's probably okay for them to do the same. So why, apart from the love of what you do, why go to a market first? because it must be scary. It must have its own set of challenges. And the reason I'm asking you the question, Natalia, is because you're probably really well qualified because you're first to market. Many, many, many of our listeners email every week saying, I've got this great idea. I, I just, I'm a bit worried because nothing like it exists in the marketplace. It's unique. I'm just a bit worried about kind of getting out those starting blocks. So what do you, what do you say to people who have got that great new cutting edge idea, but, but are fearful of taking the first step? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I, I will start by saying I was probably lucky to be somewhat naive, if that makes sense. You know, I was, uh, I, I had left consulting and I was lucky enough to, to sort of relive my student days and as I left business school and business school is this wonderful kind of bubble of, of learning and, and, you know, a great amount of fun. And I was probably naive enough and wrapped up in, in the innovation and so absorbed in this idea that I just thought was, was so fascinating that I, I just sort of ran with it and I didn't really you know, maybe have the, maybe have the commercial wisdom or the, or the hard knocks yet at that point to, to really kind of think it through from a, from a business point of view in that way. Um, so that served me well, this kind of idea that, you know, I've got this brilliant idea and why wouldn't anyone find it as, as fascinating as I do? So that's probably, I guess, the, the sort of starting point. Um, it is it is difficult. You know, it, it absolutely is difficult because I think you've got multiple challenges, not only in doing something that's so novel um, and novel in terms of, of being new, but, um you know, you're, you're running a business, you're learning how to do that for the first time, you know, you've got a huge amount of kind of research and the sort of clinical side. So it, it is really challenging. Um, I mean, what I would say to people is the world is developing so fast and I think we are a lot more receptive to, to that kind of approach than we were in previous times. So, um, you know, I think you, you can try and you can experiment and, um, you know, if for whatever reason it doesn't work or you change your mind, that's okay. I mean, the, you know, the corporate world or whatever you did before awaits and people are um, much more accepting. And also I would say um, full of admiration for, for those who, who have gone to try and do those things. Mm. Um, and the other part I would say is, it, you know, I think there's an acceptance and I'm, I'm still getting there, um, that you can do it all, just not at the same time. So just this sort of acceptance that, um, you know, it does take time to build a business and perhaps maybe some of the, the things that you were doing in your personal life might sort of wait a little bit or, um, you know, kind of life is, is, is full of trade-offs, which we don't like the sound of, but, you know, it's the reality. 
Um, and so you you kind of find your balance with those. I'm not going to ask you to give away any of your trade secrets because otherwise no one listening would would come and see you uh, for a consultation um, and to seek your advice. But, you know, are there you've already mentioned the eight glasses of water. I'm not sure I tick that box. Uh, good sleep. Don't tick that one either. Uh, in fact, it's nothing short of extraordinary that I'm not already a basket case, to be honest. Some some people would argue I probably am. But um, Natalia, are there any kind of, just, just for kind of life in general, for surviving life in general, are there any must-haves, any prerequisites, you know, um, keeping fluid levels high, getting lots of sleep, easier said than done for many people, of course. Are there, are there kind of any rules to live by that, that everyone should be observing, whether they come to see you and want the edge or whether they don't? Sure. I mean, look, the, you know, the, the sleep one and I, I sound like a broken record. I realize that. Um, but it's, it's just so vital, not only to your cognitive performance, but, but to your health. Um, Matthew Walker wrote a brilliant book a few years ago called why we sleep. I think anyone who reads that book then has a very different relationship with those sort of glorious hours of slumber each night. Uh, so I, so I encourage you all to, you know, at least to read a blurb, um, and you will you will never feel that sort of uh, you know you'll you'll never feel that way about sleep again. So I say you know absolutely. <laughs> and again, you know it's it's accessible. You can do it. It's it's hard at first. You build some habits, but you know it's something that is is available to everyone, and and frankly is free. Um, so that absolutely. Um, you know I think we talked about hydration. Um, the other one that everybody always talks about, but the research sort of is, is, is overwhelming, um, is, is some form of meditation. So something, whether, you know, it's transcendental meditation, whether, uh, it's, it's yoga, find some form of meditative exercise that helps you unwind. Um, you know, maybe it's that you listen to a bit of music every day at a particular time. Maybe it's a walk in the park. Um, you know, find something that that will give you that that cognitive break. Mm. Um, and that that I have to say is as simple as it sounds is something that um, certainly we work with a lot of individuals to to achieve. Um, you know, there's stuff that we do to enhance the effects, but but really building that that kind of mental break into into people's lives. And is it, uh, I, I speak to you now on behalf of myself, so forgive me all of those listening for this self-indulgence for a second. Is it is it too late to repair the damage of a lack of sleep, a lack of, um, you know, all, all those good things that I know you, you profess? Do you get to a point where you just, sorry, it's a bit too late for you now? Or no, is it never no. too late? Never, never too late. I mean, look, you, you of course are not going to have the same effects as if you had started doing something 15 years ago, or you might, you know, it, it really depends on, on you and the intensity. Um, but that, that was the wonderful, I suppose, discovery that opened up this industry that actually your brain continues to regenerate. You know, there are things that you can do to encourage cell growth. Um, and so with that in mind, then, you know, the answer is absolutely not. You you can do that. And the sooner the better, of course. Um, but but you can, you know, you, you can recover that. We see it. We see it in in research where, you know, they, they look at parts of the brain. So they look at the hippocampus, which is responsible for, for memory and learning. Um, and people go through, uh, say, with meditation uh, over, over a course period of time. And then they sort of scan the brain again. And we see that part of the brain increase in size. 
you know, this is in in an older population. So it's it's not a matter of, you know, whatever happened in childhood is done and behind me and this is it. There are things that you can do every day to to encourage positive change and, you know, <laughs> things that you can do, unfortunately, to encourage not so positive change. Mm. I, I have to say, listening to you today is not not only fascinating, but I'm thinking about all the possibilities within my own network of, uh, I, know you, I know you do a lot of speaking and you're very articulate. I, I can think of half a dozen off the top of my head would love to hear this message because it is, it is an overlooked part of human development uh, and it has been for a very long time. You know, whether that's deliberate or accidental, I don't know. So to find out more about what you do, Natalia, you know, uh, there, is there a website? Is there a book? Is there any social media presence? Because there'll be lots of people going, this is just what I need. Let me get in touch with Natalia. How do I do that? Is you know because you're you're Greek, Australian, British. So um, at least at least help us out by finding you on social media. So you'll definitely find me in the UK. I'm I'm London based uh, for now. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, sophosassociates.com is the website, uh, and and you'll find on there um, an Instagram link. So again, Sophos Associates, and that's quite nice. We put up sort of you know tips and, and articles and um, you know interesting pieces. Uh, you'll also find an email address. So the truth is, if you want to find out more or there's any questions that you have about, about this topic, I, I guess the best person to, to come and ask is me. Um, and I do my very best to, to respond to, to all of that directly as, as much as I can. Um, but absolutely. So LinkedIn, Instagram, website is, is the best place to start. And, and then I have a, a very good relationship with uh, a members club in, in London called Homegrown. And, and I'm often there sort of putting on events and doing talks and workshops and, uh, you know, various different things for people that are interested. Well, I suspect the first email you're going to get is from me because uh, goodness knows I need all the help I can get now at the age of 52. Um, I have to say, before I formally thank you for joining us today and, and sharing um, something that is certainly unique on this podcast over the last couple of years, um, the last question I have for you, which is the only one that we ask all of our guests without fail. Uh, and since you have um, one and a half glorious children, one one with you, one on the way, and, and let's hope uh, he or she is born healthy. So we wish you all the best for that. Um, if if that one of those or both those children at some stage in the future, maybe when they're 14, 15, thinking about their own future, jumped up on mummy's knee and said, so, Mummy, you know, based on all of this amazing life experience and what you know, not just about your own topic, but just life in general, what is the one piece of advice would you give, that you would give to a younger version of yourself to help them on their way in life? A, a mantra, a philosophy, a, a rule to live by that that would that, that you would probably hold in higher esteem than any other of the rules. I would have told myself not to worry so much. I would have told myself to to just sort of jump in uh, and not and not sort of worry and work so hard at it, if that makes sense, and, and not uh, you know work ethic wise, but not to kind of sort of stress about it so much and work so hard and and sort of worry so much about everything that if I had just sort of relaxed a little bit and let things take their course. Um, the irony being, I, I, you know, I think we would have ended up at, at the exact same spot. So, so it's something, and you know, something that I still try to tell myself today. So, not just my younger self, my my sort of older and middle aged self also. Um, 
but definitely that not not worry so much and and just sort of you know jump in and, and let it happen well with stress being such a huge killer i mean that's a that's a great piece of advice on its own so um i i'm i'm not quite sure where 30 minutes has just gone um we were we started the conversation and then all of a sudden i i glanced at the time and i think oh we we're done already um and i and i'd love to talk some more but um i'm sure we can do that another day i will definitely be getting in touch with you there's there's lots of things that we can uh, we can develop in the way of conversation and a few people I can introduce you to. And I'm going to go public with that, with that promise. Um, really, really fascinating topic. Um, very well done. And I don't mean that in a patronizing way for just, you know, having the courage to take a, uh, you know, um, a, a subject that you're clearly very passionate about, but but bringing it to public awareness is clearly so important. I think we all kind of knew that it was, but the fact that, um, that you formalized it and there is a there is a program and you're out there trying to help so many people. I mean, um, yeah, it really, really exceptional that we have people like you helping us mere mortals. So um I, I do want to thank you most sincerely for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast today. Natalia Ramsden, be, you've been absolutely fantastic and uh, look forward to remaining in, in contact. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. Thank you.